Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let us turn our attention to the great white north, America's hat, Canada. That's right. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is definitely not Fidel Castro's love child, has extended the Emergencies Act so he can track down anyone and everyone who took part in, supported, gave money to, served coffee to, said nice things about the Freedom Convoy. Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz on Tony Katz Today. Thanks for being here. I believe we have a phone number. It's 888-GOT-TONY, if memory serves. You can also get in touch with the program at Tony Katz on Twitter. But today, it's better just to hit me up directly at Nation of Jake on the old Twitter machine. Uh, Russia is your number one story of the day. The imminent invasion of Ukraine. Depending on who you ask, that invasion's already started. A minor incursion an invasion makes. And we know the response from President Biden. Sanctions. 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 What are the sanctions? Some financial sanctions against some Russian developers, some banks, some Russian oligarchs, and a stern warning. If you go any farther, President Putin, the sanctions will increase as you wag a finger at a guy who's probably already, um, let's say, planned for the sanctions. Uh, Sanctions are incoming from other countries as well, including Canada. Here is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Canada and our allies will defend democracy. We are taking these actions today to stand against authoritarianism. The people of Ukraine, like all people, must be free to determine their own future. We will continue working with our international partners to safeguard Ukraine's territorial integrity and prevent further Russian aggression. There you go. There you go. There you go. He's going to stand against authoritarianism, even though his emergencies act up there in Canada against the Freedom Convoy, they're freezing bank accounts, locking people up, taking their pets away, all without what we would call due process of law. You know, what they're doing right now in Canada is in pretty insane. You know, you've got these protests, and you've had protests before in Canada, you know, whether it was indigenous peoples, Native Americans, I guess not Native Americans, Native Canadians. Uh, they were blocking, you know, the construction of pipelines and whatnot. Uh, there were also you know, Black Lives Matter, social justice protests, and, and those, those held up commerce, held up traffic. The Freedom Convoy, however, because it was in direct response to these COVID restrictions enacted by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, all oh, those were across the line. They, those, those were illegal, they were disruptive, and we needed to invoke the Emergencies Act, did the Parliament up there in Canada to break this up. It can't happen. No, 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 no. So look, if people are actually blocking traffic, truckers are blocking traffic, and you want to go in and use force to tow their trucks, okay. But then when you're talking about freezing people's assets, seizing their bank accounts, their crypto accounts, uh, trying to track them down after the fact, online, through photos, identify them, hit them with personal sanctions, arrest them. There's at least one Freedom Convoy organizer who is in jail and has been denied bail over this. Now, you would think that after, you know, the protest is broken up, the Freedom Convoy has been dispersed, that this would be done. Like, you'd be over, 
everything's okay. We're just going to go back to the way things are. However, government power, government overreach, they never dial it back. A government too powerful can do this whenever it wants. And it's selective in the way it does it. Just like with anything. Just like with tax breaks. Just like with vouchers. Just like with any regulation. The regulation itself is not the problem. It's the uneven application of the law or the regulation is when it becomes a problem. And this seems to be an uneven application of the law up in Canada, doesn't it? And so it's very telling where people fall on this. If you are with the protest, a protest of any kind, you know, whether you're an American politician like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who has tweeted about how protests are supposed to be disruptive. The whole point is to make you uncomfortable, to shut things down. You know, stateside, we saw it all the time. You saw some uh, protests, social justice protests of all kinds. They're blocking the interstate. They're blocking bridges. You know, where I do my program, The Nation of Jake on WKIM, News Talk 98.9 in Memphis, we had an entire bridge, the I-40 bridge, was shut down due to protests some years ago. And everybody was very permissive. They're like, oh, they should be able to do that. They're making their voices heard. Meanwhile, you had traffic backed up into Arkansas on both sides of that bridge into Tennessee for miles and miles, for hours and hours. Think about being one of those people in traffic for hours and hours. Maybe you're running out of gas. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom. So, yeah. So, yeah, we were told when the cause is correct that it's fine to shut down commerce and shut down traffic. However, if you were going against these COVID restrictions, no, 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 you are persona non grata. We are going to not only break up your convoy, we're going to try to ruin your life. That, that is the message being sent. And then we have, you know, in light of this Russian uh, stuff that uh, uh, Trudeau up there, who's definitely not the love child of Fidel Castro, he's saying he's going to stand against authoritarianism. What do you call these emergency powers that you've given yourself. That's exactly what it is. It's authoritarianism, but it's got a happy face on it because I will admit Justin Trudeau is a handsome man. Objectively speaking, Ari Castle was just gushing over how good looking he is. It's true. He is. He's a good looking man. Honestly, I don't think he'd be prime minister still if he was ugly. If he looked like Rob Ford to bring up another Canadian politician, God rest his soul, Rob Ford. If he looked like Rob Ford, he would not be prime minister. He wouldn't. You know, looks go a long way. Especially, you know, a lady sees a kid like that, says, oh man, he's got such a sweet face and kind eyes. I'll vote for him anytime. Now, now what is the reaction from, from stateside, uh, from, from down south? Well, it won't, won't surprise you that a majority of Democrats are in favor of Trudeau's crackdown, freezing bank accounts of these Not just the truckers who are protesting, but seriously, anybody who supported them. I mean, there were reporters who were going around like finding, I guess somebody hacked the Give, Send, Go account to to raise money for the Freedom Convoy. And they posted all these Canadian citizens who have given money, like as, as little as $40 to the Freedom Convoy protests, right? And these people are being shaken down and doxxed. Their names put out online. Some of them are being fired. Uh, some of them are having their bank accounts frozen. And then when you ask people here in the States about it, 
according to a poll from Trafalgar Group, some 65% of Democrats overwhelmingly favored Prime Minister Trudeau's response to the Freedom Convoy. 65%. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Look, big government's going to big government. Democrats are, are in favor of big government, but it should bother you because this is the same Democrat Party who, under this Build Back Better bill, or maybe it was the bipartisan infrastructure bill, it, it got taken out of it because of the outrage. But remember when they were going to have the IRS monitor your bank accounts for any transactions over $600? I mean, where do you think that leads? Hmm, where's that money going? Any transaction over $600? Now the FBI has an entire cryptocurrency division. You know, the reason that cryptocurrency is even a thing is because people have very little faith in the Fed and what's happening with the dollar, the devaluation of the dollar. And now the FBI is going to have an entire division on cryptocurrency. No, 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 no. They couldn't just, you know, uh, they couldn't just lump in the crypto crime unit into the cyberspace unit. No, they're ha- that there for a reason. The FBI... The federal government has a cryptocurrency division. So, look, big government's going to big government. It does not surprise me a bit that over half of Democrats are in favor of Justin Trudeau up in Canada seizing people's bank accounts, cracking down on protests. But if it's a social justice protest, no way. So it, it, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be about the cause of the protest. If people have the right to protest then they have the right to protest. That should be absolute. That should be absolute in the First Amendment. It shouldn't be like, well, they're protesting something I hate, so I'm going to use my powers to crack down on them. Or they're protesting something I like, so I'm not going to use those powers. It should be, I'm going to let people protest regardless of what I think. I'm going to try to maintain order, freezing people's bank accounts and going after their livelihoods after the fact. That's, that's pretty insane. If I do say, and by the way, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, is not Fidel Castro's love child. There are videos, though, where Justin Trudeau's mom is giving Fidel some really thirsty looks. Have you seen this? I mean, that's why this all came up. I mean, his mom's like effusively praising Fidel Castro. And you know that look. I mean, I don't know that look personally. I've seen women give other guys that look. Okay. Yeah, so, but he's definitely not. I don't think the math adds up. I don't think the dates add up when she was around Fidel Castro, but I don't know, maybe, maybe stealthily, maybe in secret. Maybe it happened. I don't know. It's a rumor at this point. Coming up, look, I'm not really into the idea of electric vehicles, but I really do like Elon Musk. He feels like he's being ignored in this electric vehicle revolution. Who's ignoring Elon Musk? How dare you? We'll talk about that next with The Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. You know, billionaire Elon Musk does a good job of staying in the headlines. Not sure if that's the way I would go if I were a billionaire. I'd probably just go into a cave, do the Tony Stark kind of stuff that Elon Musk does. I mean, most recently, Elon Musk came under fire for tweeting out a meme that compared Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to Adolf Hitler, which I thought was an unfair comparison because I don't think Adolf Hitler ever did blackface. I don't think he did. So, yeah, he deleted that tweet. He's always, 
you know, getting, you know, run over the coals by Elizabeth Warren. I mean, imagine that you're, you're a private citizen. I mean, you are a billionaire. You are high profile, but you've got senators like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren always taking aim at you about things like not paying taxes. Look, that's a hate the hate the game, not the player kind of deal. Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? If the tax code lets a guy like Elon Musk, who is worth billions upon billions of dollars, uh, not pay federal taxes, then you need to reform your tax code. I think I don't uh, look. I'm not going to pay a dollar more than I'm legally obligated to pay, whether I'm Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or insert billionaire here. Um, lately, though. Elon Musk is getting kind of sick of it. You know, there's this whole push for electric vehicles. You know, this bipartisan infrastructure bill, and then, of course, this Build Back Better plan, which has not yet been enacted and probably won't be. They're calling for, what, half a billion dollars in electronic vehicle or electric vehicle, whatever, uh, electric vehicle charging stations, which is very odd because does the federal government build gas stations that that I'm unaware of? I don't know why would why would the federal government build electric vehicle charging stations if that's the analog to a gas station? I mean, it, in fact, I mean, I think that you know companies like Tesla, like Elon Musk's Tesla or Ford, you know, they're they're building a huge plant uh, just east of where I do my radio show in Memphis, in a Haywood County, Tennessee. They're doing a five point six billion-dollar electric vehicle plant for the Ford F-150 Lightning Series. Well, why wouldn't Ford? Why wouldn't they build their own charging stations? And we can get into more of that in a little bit. The charging stations is kind of a sham. Like electric vehicles, yeah, they might do less direct harm when you're driving. But where do you think the electricity comes from? It comes from burning coal. There are some of those electric vehicle charging stations, by the way, that are hooked up to diesel generators, right? So it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, that said, Elon Musk is starting to wonder, he's like, you know, with all the push for electric vehicles, why have I not been invited to the White House? Why have I not been consulted? Well, it turns out the White House is reportedly worried that Elon Musk would be a bad guest if invited to meet with President Biden. Now, some of Biden's top advisors, advisors have purportedly warned against inviting Musk to the White House over fears he would say something to embarrass the administration. Uh, The billionaire has repeatedly slammed the White House for failing to mention Tesla while discussing its plans for major nationwide investments in electric vehicles. Uh, Biden and his close advisors are said to be irritated with Musk's public criticism and have no immediate plans to invite him to the White House for future events, according to CNBC. Uh, When CNBC asked about the White House's apparent concerns, Musk responded with a pair of roll on the floor laughing emojis and suggested his attendance at a future meeting shouldn't be a cause of concern. They have nothing to worry about. I would do the right thing. Of course, you know, Elon Musk has been known to um, go on the Joe Rogan show, smoke a little reefer, you know, post memes comparing world leaders to Hitler, which is probably never a good idea. You know, the whole deal now, it's just become so cliche, but everybody does it. Everybody seems to do it. You know, whether you're on the left, you're on the right, everybody wants to call each other a Nazi. It's like we have Nazi Tourette's. Remember when Glenn Beck had Nazi Tourette's? Where everybody was Hitler. I think he started the whole Nazi Tourette's thing. Uh, That said, look, I mean, Elon Musk, you can't really blame the White House for not 
for not wanting him around. He's been he's been highly critical of not just this White House, but the government in general. And they probably are right to be like, hey, dude, you know, we we really don't want to be associated with you personally. We think your business is great, even though when people buy a Tesla, they've got to get a body shop to realign it. Have you seen those videos? That's the thing. That's what kind of scares me off about the electric vehicle technology is they're putting so much focus on the engine, the battery powered engine, the batteries themselves. And I don't think this is like go to AutoZone and get a new battery kind of stuff. I think once it's dead, it's dead. They haven't perfected it yet. You know, it's kind of like plastic surgery and hair plugs. It's just not perfected yet. Although I will say Elon Musk's hair transplant looks fantastic for a guy who's got one. You ever see old pictures of Elon Musk? Very bald. Very much bald. He's got way better hair plugs than Joe Biden. I'm looking at pictures of them side by side. I mean, maybe that's why. I think that's probably why. President Biden does not want to be photographed next to Elon Musk because then people start asking questions about his hair plug guy. It's like, come on, you're the president of the United States. Why couldn't you get hair plugs like Elon? Elon's got fantastic hair plugs. But look, as far as electric vehicles go, I know it's the future. I mean, they've put all these regulations on. By 2035, they got to go emissions-free, according to the White House. That's a lofty goal. 2035 is tomorrow. If you don't believe me, just go have a couple of kids. My kids are already 10 and 8. I had them yesterday. So 2035, we'll see what happens. You know, they're already building these plants all over the place. Uh, state of Tennessee is it's going to be like ground zero for electric vehicles. And that's where, that's where I do my radio show. So I'm, I'm bombarded all the time with not only the electric vehicle plants that are opening in the state, but also all the ancillary businesses around it. And look, I just bought a Jeep. I don't want... I don't want to be selling my Jeep I just got. Barely got it running. I mean, it runs. I can't get that thing. What? How much do you think it would cost to, to retrofit a Jeep with a battery? How much? That'd, probably, that'd cost like 10 Jeeps. I probably can be convinced to get on board with an electric vehicle if it's the right one. Uh, in fact, there's one motor vehicle company who has piqued my interest with regards to the electric vehicles. I'll tell you about that. Uh, it's a vehicle from the past that I think I might be on board with, electric or not. Coming up next, are you on the Truth Social, the latest social media platform from one Donald Trump? They're already complaining about it, saying, hey, this is supposed to be uncensored, and there's censorship going on on Truth Social. But is it? Is it? That's next on Tony Katz Today. Welcome back to Tony Katz Today, Nation of Jake, sitting in for Tony. He's on his way to Florida. Going to hang out with the fellow conservatives at the CPAC conference. And it's a fun scene down there, but it's, it's a little much for me. I went once. I went to CPAC one time. That's actually where I met Tony Katz, so I'm glad I went. I met some good people, got some good times, but mostly it was the people watching. Ari Cashel, the producer of Tony Katz Today, have you ever made it to a CPAC? Uh, not, not physically. I feel like I've been, though. You you should go at least one time. You just, just hang out in the lobby of whatever hotel that they're, uh, that they're, they're holding it in. 
And you're going to see all kinds of people. I mean, people like in real life, it's, it's wild to see the folks in real life. Like when you're sitting right across the table from Rand Paul and you're like, my God, that guy's tiny. And look at his hair. Looks like a bunch of spiders is having a meeting on his head. I saw Michelle Bachman there. Remember Michelle Bachman? I do. From, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, she was Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Uh, she, you know what? She, she looked exactly like she does on TV. And Coulter, you see these people that you only see on TV. Oh, dude, you know who I met there? I met Kurt Cameron. <laughs> What's yeah. he doing? I guess he's Kurt Cameron t- from Growing Pains. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, everybody who's got something to promote is there. I guess Kurt Cameron had another uh, religious movie coming out, and so he was there to promote it. And I'm like, man, I grew up watching that guy on TV. He's Mike Seaver from Growing Pains. I also it was the first time it was before Steven Crowder got real big. And, and James O'Keefe, both those guys were there in 2012. And those are some massive dudes. I don't know if you've ever seen those guys in person. Uh, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, he's got to be six foot four and, and massive. And so is, so is Steven Crowder. Like these guys, are, they're big dudes. Some guys are like way smaller than you thought. And some guys are way, way bigger. But it's just like seeing people in person. It's just, it's odd. It's like, I see this guy online all the time. And you're like, oh, there he is. So what? But yeah, I was kind of like a, a rock star at CPAC because I was one of the few engineers who traveled with, with the host I was working for. His name was Rusty Humphrey. Still is, by the way. He's still around somewhere. And so I made a lot of friends because like, I can't get connected here. Oh, I can't get this mic to work. Where's the engineer guy? Oh, where's the guy with the beard? Oh, him. Grab him. So I was like a rock star there on Radio Row at CPAC. And you know what? That was enough for me. One time, man. Oh, I saw, remember Herman Cain? I saw Herman Cain in person back in the day. I think he was running for president that year. So, yeah, I got to see old Herman, 999 Herman Cain. You should go at least once because I think they got like a a star-studded lineup. Hell, Tony Katz is there, just so you know. He's at CPAC. He'll be broadcasting Thursday and Friday from down in Florida. Right, Ari Castle? Right. All right, there you go. It's going to be a blast. I know you're going to have a lot of fun, but um, I'm done with that stuff. Uh, By the way, on Twitter, at Nation of Jake, if you've got anything for me, you want to hit me up, and you know, I retweet a lot of the stuff I talk about here, so any of the sound clips, any of the stories, if you want to go a little bit more in-depth, you can do that. And I'm about reach my bandwidth with social media. Now, I don't know how you are. I don't know how many social media accounts you have. I just kind of go with the big three. I got Twitter, at Nation of Jake. I got Facebook, Nation of Jake, and Instagram, Nation of Jake. I dabbled in TikTok for a minute or two. I got a ton of followers, and then I ran out of ideas. Uh, Nation of Jake TV on the TikTok. But now they're wanting me to get into this truth social stuff. All right, this is Donald Trump's alternative to Twitter. It's very difficult to be the alternative to something like Twitter. All right, and, and Twitter is toxic if you use it the wrong way. I mean, if you live on it, if you're trying to develop relationships or make a name for yourself, it's a garbage place to be. If you just follow certain accounts, News, use it as kind of just like a news feed. It's a little bit more tolerable. Uh, Honestly, it really exposes just how many goofy, dumb, fringe weirdos are out there. It's pretty amazing that Twitter is free. I mean, there's there's endless entertainment on there if you want to get in the rabbit hole. Uh, That said, do so uh, at your own peril because the place can it can be gross. It can be a really nasty place. It, just, it, it shows how mean people will be to each other 
when you are behind the keyboard or, or behind the phone, when you're either anonymous or there's no chance that somebody's going to punch you in the mouth for saying something. When there's no accountability, people act a fool all over it, right? So Truth Social is the latest. This is Donald Trump's social media platform. Now I'm reading about it. Uh, they're saying that it had a big launch uh, just days ago and that the stock is, is up on this media venture of former U.S. President Donald Trump. Because, look, he got kicked off Twitter. So he's like, I'll start my own Twitter. Now, it's kind of like when you know, your, your mom won't take you to McDonald's. I'll make, make, we'll make our own McDonald's. It's never as good. It's just, you know, you got a nasty hamburger soaked through regular sandwich bread with some onions on it. So apparently, like, uh, so Truth Social says here was downloaded 170,000 times since its launch, which that's not going to do it. How many people are on Twitter? Ari Castle, do you know? Millions. Gotta be like 100 million, right? 100 million people on Twitter? 170,000? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. It's got to be like 100 million, 150 million. It's a lot of people uh, worldwide on the Twitter. 170,000 times isn't really going to do it. Maybe some people are just using the desktop version. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be the alternative to Twitter the same way that Parler is the alternative to, to Twitter. Um, look, I, I don't know. They're, they're saying that some far-right figures are already claiming to have experienced censorship on Truth Social. The social media platform launched, I guess, just on Monday. Uh, Stu Peters, who is apparently a prominent conspiracy theorist and radio show host, lashed out at Truth Social in a statement on Telegram after he said a post that he made was covered by a sensitive content notice. Uh, Peters, they say he's prominent. I've never heard of Stu Peters. Peters revealed that a post where he called for the execution of government officials had been obscured by the notice, yet simply clicking show content on the notice would allow any user to see Peters' remarks. I mean, why would, why would you call for somebody's execution? Well, I kind of know why. I kind of know why. Because you, you want to stand out. You want the attention. And you got it, so it actually worked out in your favor, uh, Mr. Peters. He says, I'm already being censored on Truth Social. Look, the last thing I think Donald Trump wants is to be kicked off the Apple Store. The App Store? I mean, if, if people are going to abuse the, the – there's, there's a level of accountability you have to have online. I mean, and, and that's why it's getting the way it is, is because people can't control themselves. You know, the, the Wild West now is like the 4chan websites – the, uh, the, the, the dark web, I guess. Uh, but right now, any kind of mainstream social media site, they're not going to want to get taken off of their servers or whatever. We saw this with Parler. Didn't Parler? Is it called Parler or Parlay? Who in the hell would brand their, their, their app something that was so hard to say? I mean, is, is it Parler or Parlay? Parler. It is Parler. I don't know, somebody was talking about it being called Parlay. I'm like, that's French. Why would anybody do that? But they, they, then they say that uh, they got kicked off their servers at one point. And then there was a big dust up about that. Look, look, I, I think there's a fine line. I mean, there have to be rules. You know, we talked about this earlier with Canada. You know, whatever the rules are, they have to apply equally to everyone in order to maintain credibility. Online, whatever it is. You know, if, if really this is like the new town square, the new, you know, public discourse then all the rules have to apply to everyone. It can't be selective. 
It can't be, oh, the Washington Post or the New York Post, excuse me, their story about Hunter Biden gets shut down because it was derived from hacked materials. But then you've got the give, send, go list of people who donated to the trucker convoy up in Canada. That gets posted freely. That came from hacked materials. So, yeah, you have to be consistent with it. You know, the other day, probably my favorite current Twitter account, do you follow Defiant L's? Eh, it's, not, it's the best I, casually. one. It's the best one. Honestly, it's just a mirror of Twitter users who are hypocrites, who under one circumstance, you know, tweet that, oh, it's un-American to criticize the president of the United States uh, in a situation like this Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, but then uh, turn around, you look at uh, past tweets of these people, and they're taking the side of North Korea in the Rocket Man dust-up. So, yeah, so I, I really love that account. It got pulled off Twitter the other day for no reason. Just for no reason. It was simply a mirror of what people are tweeting. It's, it's the content that's on Twitter, but it's, it's harvested and put together so back-to-back you can see that people are hypocrites. It's a, it's a fine account. It's great to see. I think the latest defiant L is all uh, Chris uh, Silazilla, Chris Godzilla from CNN, when he was praising former President Barack Obama in that 2012 debate with Mitt Romney, when he dropped the line, the 80s called, it wants its foreign policy back. And Chris Godzilla from CNN says, oh, mic drop moment for President Barack Obama during that debate. And then just the other day, yesterday it was, it's time to admit that Mitt Romney was correct about Russia. And so that's a defiant L, and, but that got pulled right off of Twitter. So I see why people would want an alternative to the old Twitter machine, because if just all willy-nilly, they're just going to start pulling stuff off that they don't like because they don't agree with it politically, that's no place to be. That's, that's no, no place for discourse. But I don't know. I don't know with all uh, truth social, it's very difficult. I mean, it, it's happened before. I mean, MySpace, remember MySpace? That was like the first big one. The, the first, uh, you know, Friendster maybe before that, right? When they're Friendster and MySpace, and those kind of got erased by Facebook. And then, you know, Twitter in a different kind of form. Twitter is a, a different user, a different uh, means by which to get the content out there. Uh, really hard to break in that crowded market. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, right now, since Monday, 170,000 downloads, that ain't going to cut it. I guess time will tell. Uh, we shall see. Oh, coming up. What do we have here? Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about my, my new stance on electric vehicles. It's just changed here in the past 10 minutes. Uh, there, there is a way that I could be convinced to invest in an electric vehicle. And I, I would, I'd feel a lot better about it if Elon Musk would get on board. But I read this the other day, and I, I think I can get you on board too. I'll tell you next right here on Tony Katz Today. On the brink. Headline on Fox News right now. Live updates. Pentagon warns Russian troops are ready to go. Says large-scale Ukraine invasion likely. Right now, I guess it's just a minor incursion. As President Biden said during that marathon press conference, everybody's very impressed that President Biden spoke or answered questions for upwards of an hour or more. But that minor incursion line loomed the largest. And here we are just weeks later. 
the Russians have already invaded Ukraine. Now, they can sit there and say, we were going to recognize parts of eastern Ukraine as independent and roll tanks to keep the peace, because there's been fighting going on there for a long time. I mean, before the invasion and annexation of Crimea, and then even since, since 2014, hell, that all that stuff goes back uh, centuries. I mean, think about that part of the world, how old it is. You know, here in the States, you know, if something's 200 years old, that's old. You go up to New England, and you talk about all these buildings that are 150, 200 years old, you go to Philadelphia, yeah, you, these are old. No, 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 no. You don't know old until you get over to that part of the world. In Eastern Europe, and right, right in there, like Lithuania and Estonia, the Baltics. That's old. More on Russia and the impending invasion coming up in the in this edition of Tony Cash today. Uh, here, Nation of Jake, with you in for Tony, who is uh, down in Florida on his way en route to CPAC. You'll enjoy all the conservative voices of CPAC. Coming up Thursday and Friday on Tony Katz today. But for now, you got me. And you know what? You talk about how being energy independent could really, you know, uh, c- cut uh, Putin's uh, nose off, right? And say, hey, you know what? If, if, if we didn't uh, depend so much on foreign oil, then Putin would really have no leverage. Because all Russia does is oil and weapons, right? So, you know, guys like President Biden... And folks advising President Biden say that's why it's so important that we make the transition to electric vehicles so we're not dependent on foreign oil. I mean, you might say, yeah, yeah, the technology has to come along. What we should do is produce our own fossil fuels and maybe be a net exporter of those in the meantime, right? But if you want to speed up the adoption of electric vehicles by people like me, all you have to do is have DeLorean Motor Company make an electric DeLorean. Seriously. I remember I was like 23 years old and there was a DeLorean for sale. Now this is 20 years ago, eight grand, $8,000. And I thought about getting it, but you know, I was 23 years old. I didn't have like an extra eight grand just laying around. So I, I, I passed on it. And man, now just trying to get a gas powered original DeLorean, 40, 50, $60,000. So DeLorean Motor Company, they put out a teaser video that they're bringing back the DMC-12 as an electric vehicle. Now, we really don't have a whole lot of details other than that it, it may come out. But look, if you want these Gen Xers to get on board to sell their Jeeps, then yes, a DeLorean, a DMC-12 would do the trick. Because I would, I would lay down some, some coin for a DeLorean, especially if it worked. And the whole thing about DeLoreans is that they looked cool. They're iconic because of Back to the Future as the time machine. So a lot of people my age want them, but they are pieces of trash mechanically. You know, John DeLorean, I mean, come on. He, he cut a lot of corners. Uh, he, was, he was trafficking cocaine. You know, it was uh, designed by an American, engineered by an Italian, uh, built in a plant in Ireland, and funded by cartels. <laughs> Just a, a disaster of a company. But man, that car, so iconic. Look, if Elon Musk got involved, he could buy the rights to the DeLorean. He could do it. It was just uh, money he's got in the cushions of his couch. I mean, the guy's so insanely rich. But yeah, there's a Texas company who acquired the Marks. They acquired DeLorean. And since 1995 or so, they've been selling new DeLoreans you know, some of them, you know, made of old stock, but they've been remanufacturing these DeLoreans. But now they're going to bring back the DMC-12 as an electric vehicle. 
And if there's any car that a 43-year-old dude wants, I mean, it's really what? I mean, you've got the 69 Dodge Charger from the Dukes of Hazard, the Ecto-1, the hearse or ambulance, however you want to say that there, from the Cadillac from Ghostbusters, which was reprised in Ghostbusters Afterlife, maybe the A-Team van, maybe the A-Team van, because that was a pretty fresh ride, but the DMC-12, the DeLorean time machine, with the caveat that it is, it's all tricked out with a flux capacitor and all the lights, everything you need. You want you want the movie prop. You want it, you gotta have it. So yeah, I'm on board with electric DeLoreans. It's very narrow, narrow, narrow target to hit, but yeah, emissions free, whatever you got. Uh, still burning coal, still destroying the environment. If it's a DeLorean time machine, I'm on board with the 1.21 gigawatts that it's gonna take. Hour three, the imminent invasion of Russia. It's still imminent. We'll talk about it next on Tony Katz today.